Hello and welcome to today's podcast. We are talking to Nula. She is the chair of Comprehensive Future, which is a campaign group that wants to get rid of the 11 plus, which is otherwise known as Selection at 10 or Grammar Schools and Secondary Moderns. And they are trying to get rid of it across England and Northern Ireland as well in the areas that it still remains. And today we're going to talk to her a little bit about Comprehensive Future, a bit about our partnership with them, a bit about why grammar schools are bad and how we can start to change the political opinion on this one. So all of that in today's episode of The Centrist Podcast. One debate that never goes away is about the merits of grammar schools. Were they a good thing? Were they a bad thing? Well, in the 1970s, we closed down hundreds of the best schools in this country. And we have a situation today where social mobility is lower than it's been at any point in the last 50 years. We all remember the day we first went to secondary school. It was slightly traumatic for all of us. Let's not pile on top of that the concept of selection at the age of 10, deciding that a minority a minority are going to go to a new grammar school and the majority are going to go somewhere else. And I heard it, I heard, I just come to you quickly about do I think grammar schools are an integral, was it grammar schools are an integral part of British education? Well then, I mean, they are, there are about 160 grammar schools left and I heard he support them and I deprecate the government's attempt to get rid of them in Northern Ireland and I think we should fight to keep them uh, wherever they are. And I think they're a wonderful form of education. One of the things that I find actually quite interesting is that the Liberal Democrats, whilst they have said some of the right noises on selection, in reality they aren't actually against it. They are in favour of stopping grammar schools from expanding, um, but they are not, on the other hand, in favour of actually abolishing the grammar school system. So I'm quite interested because that's a very big mismatch between what they say. Um, If you listen to what Leila Moran says on the 11+, you know, it is a very different story from reality of lived end policy, which is one of saying that they simply just want to put the brakes on grammar schools rather than actually get rid of this system. So what are your thoughts about that and how do you think about it? I'm so interested you said this. I tell you, we've recently been in touch with Leila Moran, and I don't know whether this offers some insight or not. It's kind Mm. of confusing, but see what you make of this. So we asked her specifically, what's her stance? Because to be fair, we are, as you know, Comprehensive Future is, which I'm chair, is a cross-party organisation. This is what we aim to do, okay? Mm. We all have this common cause if you like yeah so we thought you know the lib dems would be great for us because they are one of the few parties who've actually well Leila moran is one of the few mps to state clearly that she's anti the 11 plus okay that she would abolish it now i know this may seem unusual to people but you try getting that clear statement from a labor mp Mm. it's really difficult Harder to get it from a lot of Tories. I'm not saying it doesn't happen there too. Mm. But I cannot get a statement to date from. We did have a kind of soft promise of we will look at this when I encouraged with Melissa Byrne that they look at it as part of high stakes testing in primary schools. We said, for goodness Mm. sakes, in that review, would you please consider the 11 plus? Now, we thought we had a promise Mm. for that to be done and put in a manifesto. As it happens, it wasn't in the manifesto. So I'll be honest with you, I felt a bit let down. But having said Mm. all that, the Lib Dems are the only people to state publicly through Leila Moran that they would abolish 
the 11 plus. So, you know, we're obviously excited by this. So we go to Leila Moran and we ask her to talk about it, if you like, you know, and to be fair, she was very generous. Unlike many MPs, though I will say Kate Green has recently shown a willingness to talk. She answered. Mm. What she said, though, was that she would retain grammar schools. She mm. seems to be suggesting that grammar schools could have a comprehensive intake. That's my interpretation, by the way. Wants the abolition of the 11 plus. I hope I'm doing her justice. She wants the abolition of the 11 plus, but she doesn't want to get rid of grammar schools. Yeah, you're puzzled. Well, yeah, I, I, mean... I, I, I think that's having your cake and eating it personally. Mm. But I think what she said, they should be for local kids. Mm. So if you have grammar schools, for local pupils, available, open to all local pupils. That suggests a comprehensive intake, doesn't it? It's it's a very odd idea. I mean, because I've heard this kind of thrown around before. So we've had Conservative MPs for before, for instance, who have said, oh, you know, we'd have a comprehensive system with grammar schools. And the idea that you have a comprehensive system, which means all pupils are accepted into that school, um, from all levels and then grammar schools taking the top 25% who have got through the 11 plus or whatever it is. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but it does seem to be this thing, this idea of trying to, to please everyone at once. And I think there's often this thing. So for instance, the Lib Dems, we've said we are against the 11 plus and then um, actually in our manifesto, it's been very clearly stated. We would just halt any new grammar schools from mm. coming into place. So it's, mm. it's often this thing I feel like we're trying to, again, please both sides at the same yes. time and say, yes. actually, yes. we are against the 11 plus, but also yes. that means voters go to the polls with this idea that actually, oh, the Lib Dems are against it, when yes. really we're just sort of towing the line and saying, oh, we just wouldn't expand yes. it because we're too worried about... Yes, that. and in fairness, that was in the end what the Labour policy seemed to be under the Corbyn mm. um, uh, government leadership I should say sorry uh, but I have to say and I know I get the feeling Tora and you're with me on this one there is no comprehensive system if there's any grammar schools you cannot yeah. de facto have a comprehensive system if there's any sort of alternative that's not mm. comprehensive don't want yeah. to be clever here I'm an English teacher by training look <laughs> up the word comprehensive it yeah. cannot be done it doesn't make sense so my, my thing is that I I just feel that the only way around this is we have to go, we have to phase them out. It's been done before. And I, I sense from reading about you and talking to you now, you will probably know the history. Mm. Certain areas managed it very gracefully. I'm not saying it wasn't challenging, but they did it. Yeah. Certainly in Hampshire, where I did some research, they simply phased them out and they had middle schools. And then they used their grammar schools as their well, they bought those in, for example, for six form colleges. So you decided at 16 where you wanted to do your post 16. Mm. Now, loosely, I'm doing this. I hope I'm doing them justice. There were, you know, if you really wanted an academic uh, mix, you went mm. to this type of school. If you really your passion was for IT and applied subjects, you went to this type of place, institution. And likewise, there's vocational. I, I love that idea. Because yeah. I think most of us at 16 can make a choice. But I have been criticised because it detracts from the idea of comprehensive education, mm. which I must admit, I was very fortunate to have. Um, I had a, an interesting past, my, my schooling. I don't know whether you read about it, but I did get kicked out of my private school. And I was blessed. I was blessed. I ended up at the comprehensive school. 
and I learned. I learned the most wonderful, I had the most fabulous post-16 education. I was an A-level student, but I also did car mechanics. I also learned about art history. I also dug the local old people's garden as part of a community project. I did a bit of everything. And I mixed with every sort of student within that sixth form. I never had anything like it. It was the most exciting sixth form I think any young person could have. Yeah. I think it enriched me. It yanked me out of my comfortable middle class life. Brilliant. And, you know, I'm sure my parents, were they alive, would curse it to this day. Because mm. thereafter, politically, mm. I was never going to be right of centre, I'm afraid. So yeah. I try to be as centrist as I possibly can as chair of Comprehensive Future. But for comprehensive education, I have had it. I mm. do know what I'm talking about. I was blessed to have it. And I would love every young person to have it. Because those who were academic excelled. But we were given insights into all sorts of other things. I didn't know that I loved art, that I was yeah. quite good at it. I didn't know that I could sing. I mean, I did, but I, I was part of a band. But all these wonderful opportunities came because we had this glorious mix of talents and tastes and imagined futures. And, and it was a wonderful school. And so mm. I do feel, I just wish if every young person knew what that could be like, I think we'd all be advocating. I think we'd all want it for them. You, the gifted, in inverted commas, don't get dragged down yeah but everybody is enriched everybody benefits and so i do feel strongly but i do feel comprehensive education is is the answer so even though i know there's a an argument for these different types of post 16 i can see why we want to do that yeah. it's cheaper probably let's be honest but I am into the idea of a really great, you know, if money were no object, we have these wonderful post-16 institutions where we'd all go. I'd have met you and, yeah. you know, we'd have met the guy doing physics and we'd have get, met the, the girl who was into fashion. Who cares? Or makeup. Who cares? But we'd have all met each other and we'd all be better citizens for it. That's what I think. So this is actually very similar in, and in a lot of ways to my own reason in that, you know, again, middle class background, yeah. but actually comprehensives are great because, you know, they didn't hold me back. You know, I did politics just as I would have otherwise. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what it meant was that, you know, when I was doing politics as well, if, you're, if I was in a grammar school versus here, I mean, grammar schools, their intake are so skewed towards people who have been tutored or gone to private schools. It would have been that my politics would have been so shaped by that idea of you know this is the only t you know type of person that i need to care about whereas actually if you're in that english class with the people who want to be plumbers with the people who want to be artists you know i did singing when i was at school as well so i can very much relate to that one yeah, yeah, you know yeah. all of those things and i often hear one of the biggest reasons that people don't like the idea of selection is basically they say oh but we don't like the comprehensive system you know i could never back that i had this bad school or whatever it was and therefore i don't want it but actually i think that, that there's kind of that thing and i don't know what you think about this but it's it's that almost sort of separating out what selection is and what necessarily the school is so there are certain things that you can say okay so what does selection do selection just means that 25 percent of people go to a grammar school normally and then the other 75 go to secondary moderns mm -hmm. so essentially what you end up with 
um, in that situation is a, a split education system. You don't meet the, the same people that are, you know, actually in your area, you don't meet those people who are on that other 75% or are in that other 25%. Um, so, you know, I suppose that's the thing. It's basically segregating up education. Um, and what we've seen in our research at the moment and will be out when this, this podcast come out is basically we looked at every single grammar school in the whole of the UK and we tried yeah. to track, for instance, disability levels. Yeah. And we found that out of the 163 grammar schools in the UK yeah. at the moment, yeah. we found just four with average or above average disability. Oh, level. I think you've done well because my stats didn't show that. But I'm, well, there no, we go. We've, <laughs> yeah. we, no, we, I, I'm delighted you've done. Now you're talking, I, I prefer to talk about additional needs. I think, hmm. I don't think any kid should be labelled disabled. I just, that's my little thing. I, it's an additional need. It could be physical, it could be learning, it could be whatever. We have additional needs. So you speaking specifically then, about schools that made allowances for some young people who might have additional needs because they're physically incapacitated. So this is, this is directly off of Ofsted reports in terms of that's okay. direct quotes in what they're oh, saying. Right. Okay, okay, no, fair enough. So disabled, mm. it's physically disabled, is it? Well, look at that. You and me, so I'm I, doing this. I'm wagging my fingers <laughs> with the inverted commas. Really useful for a podcast. <laughs> I believe that they are including in that um, send students. And so I believe it is actually the full spectrum. But there you go. There you That's... go. We're already, sorry, but this is the problem, isn't it? Mm. And then we get into all sorts of messes because different mm. stats will show different things. Sorry, we're yeah. not here to talk about Ofsted, though I could. I could talk about it forever and why I hate it. Yeah. That's not why we're here. But OK, so disabled, horrible, horrible phrases, kids with additional needs. And I, it is the case, you'll know and I know, that, that, that grammar schools have way below average, way below average of kids on pupil premium, kids with free school meals, disabled, additional needs, way below. And latest facts show that certainly for Comprehensive Future, I've just been given some facts this morning, mm. grammar schools are generally, now I'm talking generally here, everyone's going to come up with their exception, better funded. I've got to go into this, and I'm maybe Torin, you know, but they have, they are richer schools. Yeah. And yet the bigger schools, certainly in selective areas, are the ones with all the kids with additional needs. They yeah. are the schools that need extra funding. I think Ed Davies spoke about this. They are the schools that should have additional funds. And there could be incentives for schools to be mixed ability, mixed cohort, by giving them extra funding so that it's not such a struggle for these schools to cope with the extra resources you obviously need if we're going to cater for every single young person, additional needs and otherwise. But yeah, grammar schools are notorious. And let's be honest, we know that some academies are doing it. You yeah. simply have covert forms of selection. We know that. We're not allowed to say it. I've, I've been slapped on the wrist. Academies don't select. I'm afraid they do. There yeah. are different ways of doing it. You're smiling. I like this. I like this conversation. I'm enjoying it. But they do select, and we all know it's happening, or they off-roll. We don't think this is the school for you. We think you'd be better off somewhere else. And Mm. they shove their problem, kids, in inverted commas, off somewhere else. So they sustain, you know, very, it's a very, um, what's the word? It's fraudulent. It's fraudulent. So they boost their performance simply by shedding. So Mm. all these things are going on. And grammar schools are a completely artificial 
construct because if you select and i'm bored of saying this but it isn't rocket science if mm. you select on here to pass tests and a good under exam conditions and they appear to be doing awfully well under exam conditions and they have that knack mm. and then you select all these higher attaining kids bingo yeah. your school is higher attaining the yeah. fact that these the people believe this means mm. schools are better is hilarious you know if yeah. i choose to plant in my garden all the best healthiest most expensive bulbs in the world i will get good strong healthy plants you know what i mean sorry that's probably not a great example i'm just looking at my garden out there it's tiny but you know it's just a nonsense this and yet people buy into it yeah. parents buy into it and they sustain it then by feeding into it by coaching these children to madness to pass the 11 plus and we fill up these grammar schools and they're all these high attaining it's just you know it's a nonsense. It's a nonsense. So that actually brings me on to one of my more specific questions. Yeah, yeah. Which is, otherwise I rabbit on for ages. <laughs> which was basically one which was actually, if you could say anything to a parent who was going to send their kid in for an 11 plus test to get into grammar school, what would you say to them? Okay, I didn't have children, but I've taught. So I'm going to, you know, hmm. genuinely go and look at all those schools go and look at all of them please go and look at them i know from teaching and i know from some wonderful teachers are some of the best teachers some of the teachers who are skilled who nurture who care not all but some of the best are going to be in the schools where they don't select because you tend to be a special kind of teacher who wants to work in those environments look it isn't all teachers can teach higher attaining kids that isn't hard honestly I've been a teacher. The real rewards, the real teaching comes with bringing a kid up, encouraging, inspiring, motivating. I'd want to look at a school. I'd want to look at lessons where they did that for a young person. And I guess some grammar schools do it, Torrin. I guess they do. But please look around. Look at the ethos of the school. Do they care about the child as a whole being? Is it really only about performance? Is it really only about your grades? Because if I was the mother of a child, I'd want the child, you know, to be happy. Happy, contented, inspired children learn wherever they are. They need to feel that environment. You know, force feeding a child is not a recipe for a happy educational experience. Now, I know I can hear the grammar school people shouting at me. But it isn't, it isn't, it, it doesn't have to be like that. And I know there won't be every grammar school is like this. I know that. But they are very, they're hothouses compared to some of the, you know, the inclusive kind of, and the spirit of some of these all-inclusive comps. I am basing a lot of this, of course, on schools I've worked in, but schools I've researched. So, you know, I, I am going to be, I went to see some really, I've worked in some, schools in London, especially in disadvantaged areas. I mean, you know, and I've taught in the private sector, hands up. I've taught in FE and I obviously trained in state schools as well. So I've done a bit of everything. Mm -hmm. But my own research has taken me and certainly for Comprehensive Future into some really amazing cons down in Hampshire where they do great, great work. And what really inspired me was, you know, I went into one comprehensive and it just so happened that was the comprehensive in that area where they had got special facilities for example for physically 
um, disabled kids, physically disabled kids. So it just so happened that was the school. If your child had some physical additional need, that was the school you sent them to. I thought this is amazing. So what happens, you know, if you've got, do you do hearing? Do you do, and it turned out, I could not believe it. There was another school, which another comp said, oh, well, we've got another comp, which happens to be especially good for the visually impaired. There was a visually impaired basketball team yeah. and they played with sighted kids. And it just so happened everyone, all the mums knew in that area, yeah, if you've got a kid with visual impairment, it's a normal comp, average comp, but it just so happens that they also have the resources if you're visually impaired. And likewise, there was one for kids with additional needs, perhaps they're on the autistic spectrum, but not obviously extreme end that would need specialist care. But I was really interested in this idea that within this community, there were schools who kind of informally built up their own specialism. Does that make sense? So you yeah. had schools, they were all designed around the idea of comprehensive, and that's what they all aim to do. But certain schools were particularly good mm. if you had a kid who, you know, perhaps had a visual impairment or, or was or, or on the lower end, perhaps of an Asperger's spectrum. I thought, wow. Now, as a mum... If I were a mum, I'd be looking at that sort of thing. And what a lovely thing. I mean, one mum, her son was sighted, but he played basketball with the visually impaired kids. It's all part of his training. And I thought that's a wonderful lesson for life, you know. I like that. I love that idea that you had classes with kids. You know, one of them was in a wheelchair in this particular year 11. Everyone yeah. got on with it. Nobody freaked. He just queued up with I just thought, well, why not? You know, anyway, so if I was looking for a comprehensive for a school and it would be a comprehensive, obviously, you know, let's be honest, we're all worried about results, but I do think if you give kids the right background, right values, and just as long as you know teachers aren't kind of into corporal punishment or something, you know, I, I think most schools can cater for kids, you know, most of them can. If you really are a parent who only cares about results, yeah. I, I would question that. But if that's really what you care about, fair enough. But I don't think that's what makes us, you know, human, rounded human beings. It's, it's, it's what we do in life and what we study, what we've grown to appreciate, our politics, our tastes, my, my excitement about music, art and politics all came from my comprehensive school. And they've yeah. never left me. I'd want something like that. I mean, and sadly, of course, I know the curriculum is getting greatly impoverished. I know that. And that's not the fault of schools. But, you know, that's what I'd want for a kid. I'd want them to have lots of opportunities, not just results. That's what I'd want. You're younger than me. I don't know. If you ever had young little things, would you want that? What would you want? I mean, I would. younger than me. What would you want? <laughs> I mean, would you model it on the comprehensive you went to? I mean, yeah, I mean, my comprehensive actually in, in the sense of having lots of, you know, we had a, an entire um, essentially building just for supporting disabled kids. And we, you know, wow. we had, you know, the the whole, the school was a, a performing arts school. So it had that focus, but it also was exactly. doing other stuff as well. And that's the thing. It's when I think about that and I look, cause my girlfriend went to a grammar school. And when I compare those two kinds of education, mm -hmm. one thing that I feel really bad that, she missed out on in that sense was yeah. I got to do a mix of subjects. So I got to do singing and I could do English and I could do all of those things. And yeah. that was absolutely fine. Whereas they're, you know, doing a, a subject that is more, you know, even if it's physical education, even if it's like a B tech style subject, yeah. are just 
shunned as things you shouldn't do and yeah. you know that's yeah. not why you're at grammar lower school. status kind of lower exactly. status almost. Yeah, yeah yeah and and that's that's i think the biggest the biggest difference between those two schools and the biggest thing that you know and and also the other thing um is the focus on rote learning in grammar yeah. schools the one thing that i've heard time and time again yeah. it's either the the phrase yeah. they're an exam factory yeah or on the yeah. other hand that they just simply rote learn their students yeah. and it's it is sad because you see these students come out who get very good exam grades yeah. and therefore the system says okay these people are incredibly intelligent but when you actually speak to them yeah. because they have been taught this way of just rote learning stuff when they get to university they then find that they aren't able to do those questions where they have to, you know, think about different, especially in politics, where you have to think about the answer, you have to come up with an argument and everything else. When you are actually asked to come up with something yourself, it's a very different ball game to just being taught, okay, you need to rote learn this sentence. You know, you need to rote learn these answers. And if you write this in the right way, you'll get perfect grades. I've been, I've been told, I thought it had gone out with the R. Even I didn't get teachers standing at the front dictating yeah. notes. Apparently, that's what that, well, I, I, okay, I'm one grammar school kid has told me. I mean, I could not believe in this day and age. Yeah. They were being, they were taking notes. I mean, to me, this, this, this is older than me. This yeah. is stuff I thought went out with the, yeah, went out with the R. Yeah. Sitting, taking notes. And then when there's an exam question on this topic, you give this answer. And when there's, a, I could not believe it. I mean, I know yeah. a lot of education is getting like that, but in a grammar school, you know, where apparently these are the smart kids. And I, I look, yeah. I know there are bright, super kids. You know, I shouldn't use the word bright, but you take my point. I'm these mm. high attaining kids. Let's put, call it that. I know some of them are great. I know some of them are, but I bet they'd be just as great, just as high attaining and comprehensive. I bet yeah. you any money. And I bet they'd be all the better for mm. having also had a bash at something else, you know, something a bit wider, broader. Mm. I'm sure it narrows your outlook, you know. I don't, that's not my particular area of research. Actually, my, my when I'm not comprehensive future hat, mm. I'm King's. College London, I researched six forms, but it goes on there too, this kind of selecting out, and you become this kind of walking brain. Yeah. You can't absorb any fun, any sunlight, any music, any passion, mm. any, you know, time for politics, for goodness sakes. So, um, I, yeah, traditional teaching, which parents, I fear, are being taught is the mm. answer because yeah. this apparently gets you the exam results. Now that worries me. What people don't realize is the exams have been tailored so that we can produce results so that we can measure schools. It is mm. not about education and it is not about kids. This goes far yeah. deeper than the grammar school comp debate, mm. but grammar schools are particularly skilled at producing this. And that's, that's what worries me. And they're getting a very impoverished diet. You know, really, uh, you know, if we can talk malnourishment here, that's yeah. what some, some, I'm, you know, let's be honest, there are some great grammars. I know there's got to be great grammar schools. I know some, yeah. a lot of unhappy ones too. Yeah. And I know a lot of kids who've been very unhappy at grammar school. A lot mm. of kids have been very unhappy at grammar school. Same. And then you get higher attaining kids who, who got pushed into you know, Oxbridge or certain types of universities, because why it reflects well on the school, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a kind of ethos that goes on there. Um, but I, I know I'm tarring them all with the same brush. 
but mm. I'm going on first-hand accounts. I'm not making this stuff up. And I'm Torin, yeah. it sounds like your girlfriend has, has similar experiences. So you mm. and I, we come from where, this is the first time we've met yeah. and we know these stories. So yeah. there's probably something in it, right? Well, that's the thing. The number of people that I've spoken to just came out with the same stories. And it is one of those things when you start to hear enough stories that are not connected in terms of the people yeah. are telling you yeah. them and they yeah. are the same stories, yeah. then you start to wonder. And there that's the something. thing, you know, yeah. it's when when you hear about stories like pastoral care, rather than it being pastoral care, it was basically how to apply to Oxford or Cambridge. That's right. Because um, my yes. research was in the UCAS application and what sort of different degrees of support was given in schools. And what was really mm. frightening was that essentially, you know, you were given as much, you were, they call it the economy of student worth. Mm. So the status of the institution to which you were applying yeah. would qualify you for a certain amount of help. So if you're going to Oxford, all the help you wanted, senior teachers, they could not get enough of you. They were on you like a rash. Everybody was helping you draft your personal statement. You're coming out bulging with things, your interview experience, work experience, uh, everything to jot down, your voluntary job, everything was stuffed into these kids who were going to be potentially the Oxbridge candidates. Yeah. Well, betide the, the young person who might want to do sound engineering at a new university. Yeah. Trying to get a teacher to help them with their personal statement in some of the schools I was in. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. I, I was stunned. It was disgusting. And it was literally the status of the institution to which you were applying. Mm. That's selection. We don't call it selection, but it is selection. And those sort of things were going on. Now, mm. in grammar schools, it's kind of ratcheted up. Mm. You're all expected to go for the very top university. Yeah. And then there's top, higher of the top universities. And then it goes down a bit. And nobody goes to a you know, a local college or anything like that. And woe betide you if you're not going to a Russell Group University, you know, in certain grammar schools. Yeah. This is a complete no-no. What? There are mm. some great courses. I mean, they're missing out on life, you know, but it, that's worrying. That's worrying. Mm. You know, we've got the Russell Group has become the grammar school of the university system, hasn't it? Yeah. Sort of nasty, nasty kind of elitism that comes with where you go in your institution. But sorry, I'm probably digressing here. So no, no, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I think that the main, the, the thing that I always sort of pick up is that everyone seems to have such similar stories in the sense of how mm. the grammar school system works and how the comprehensive system works and the differences between the two. Um, the interesting thing is it slowly seems to be starting to actually affect opinion polls. So one thing that YouGov has done recently, which I quite liked, yeah, yeah. was they're doing a poll tracker on support for grammar schools. So whether people would abolish them, whether people would uh, keep them or whether, you know, they were just undecided. And at the moment, whilst the, the two lower ones, so the, the basically whether people would just keep them as they are or would um, abolish them are actually staying roughly even, actually support for grammar schools have been plummeting and is now down to about the level of the number of people who want to um, abolish them altogether. So I'm quite interested if you think that basically what is the next step essentially to make sure that we we keep that going and that we actually get to a point where the public supports abolishing them? Okay this is the hard one but I think you know the only way is to educate parents mm. I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a patronising way. I know parents believe they know, and I'm sure they do, know what's best for their young children. And, and I understand the pressure. You're in an area, 
you've got the choice of parents of a failing school or a grammar school sort of thing. And I know in some areas of Bucks they've got that. Yeah. It, it's a rubbish school, and I mean rubbish school, horrible terms, these, or it's a grammar school. So I honestly think, look, when they first got rid of the 11 plus, back in the 60s, 70s, when they started to phase out, it was parent pressure that did it. Yeah. It was parent pressure that did it. And I honestly think, like school cuts, if we could get parents to understand what a really good comprehensive system could be. Yeah. I honestly think this might be, it, it sounds like I've got some sort of um, sinister plot, you know, going on, but it's a conspiracy theory. But if you starve comprehensive schools of funding, mm. they cannot do well. Mm. And then you've what, proved yeah. <laughs> that these are rubbish schools? But you've made them rubbish schools. You've denied them the nourishment. You've denied them the funding. You've made sure they fail. And then you say, see, we told you they're rubbish. Yeah. I'm just saying if we funded schools properly, if we resourced them, if we gave our teachers the time to do their job properly, if we didn't overload them so they couldn't possibly teach classes of 35, if we made it possible, I honestly believe comprehensive system is the answer but I think what's happening is we haven't any longer got a decent model of comprehensive education so it's really hard for parents to imagine what it could be like you, you know it's always like I mean how do you promise parents how do you promise them the school that we know it could yeah. be you've been to one I was fortunate I'm way older than you to go to one how do you do that if they haven't got it to see yeah. how do we put it into their imagination but I do think parents are the answer. Because let's be honest, Torin, and this is cheap. Mm. MPs want votes. If yeah. MPs in selective areas knew that parents weren't going to vote for them, if they still stuck by the grammar schools, my God, they'd change their tune, wouldn't they? Yeah. And, I, you know, I just think parents need some education to understand what we mean by comprehensive. And it doesn't mean in selective areas, those schools that aren't grammar schools. You and I know those are secondary moderns. They've had every higher attaining kid selected out. So that cannot be a comprehensive school. So we, we educate people about what we mean. When we say a vision of comprehensive education, mm. we, we have an idea, we have a model, we talk about it. We talk about the sort of things, but it would demand funding and it would demand courage on whichever party will grab the reins and, you know, take it up. But I honestly think it's not parents' fault. I get frustrated with this idea of parental choice. You know, it's really been, I know how it looks. I know why you do it. But it's been so damaging because with all due respect, parents don't really know about education and what, you, I mean, they know what's good for their kid, but they don't really know what makes a great school. They don't. Hmm. They've been taught to believe it's what Ofsted says. But yeah. that's not the truth of it. It's not the truth of it. So we need somehow to get parents on board. I mean, I'd love more webinars, you mm. know, like you and I having a chat like this. Yeah. But let's bring in parents and let's bring in, I mean, you know, more MPs to talk to us. But, you know, not in a hostile way where we exchange ideas and bring parents in and possibly, you know, you know, think about this. I'd love to do it in selective areas. Start yeah. saying, you know, what is it? If we could give it to you, what is it we should fight for? 
But, you know, I suppose, and it's a very difficult time, let's be honest. We've got COVID-19 from left field, and, and, and then there's going to be Brexit. You and I know education is right at the bottom when it comes to what people really, it's healthy for education at the moment. Mm. But there's a whole load of young people, yeah. their futures, a whole load, you know, who um, who are going to be losing out. But um, yeah, I, okay, sorry, back to the original question. I, I, we've got to get to, I'm sure it's community. It's like having community education, really. You know, you and I have researched this subject. We know the subject, so we can talk about it quite fluently. But lots of people are only know as much as they need to know to choose a school for their kid. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, you know, yeah. and that, that you can't blame them, can you? Mm. I get frustrated, but you can't blame them. You might be a mum of two or three kids. You might be on your own. You know, you just desperately want the best for your child so that you can get on with life and get on with the other children, perhaps in the family. But we shouldn't, I don't think we should be forcing parents to make a choice, actually. And a comprehensive system, if well done, hmm. we could all rest easy. There'd be no school choice because every school would be good. Because this is one of the things that I found speaking to people in comprehensive areas, in um, grammar school areas, sorry, yeah. is that they often do this very interesting thing. And I, I, I must admit, I find it quite funny, but at the same time, it sort of shows what the deeper issue is, which is they say, oh, but how would we have a comprehensive system? And then you simply answer just like the rest of the UK. And that's the thing. It is so in its own bubble at the moment that it's kind of there is nothing outside of those selective areas. You know, outside of that, there is there is nothing. It is not an education system. It is not anything. It is just nothing at all. And so I think that's the interesting thing is how we how we burst that bubble and how we say, okay, actually, this is the choice outside. This is a choice inside yeah. and actually make sure that people are equipped with that knowledge to be able to make yeah. that choice yeah. rather than yeah. thinking the only system that exists is selection and there is nothing else. Yeah, I, I'm totally, absolutely, and I'm sure more frightening. No, that's the most frightening, sorry. But you go to non-selective areas and mm. some people will, what? I actually heard this down in Hampshire. Mm. They still do the 11 plus, do they? Yeah. Oh, sats as well. This is what mothers were, they couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that. I thought, yeah, this is an issue that really is peculiar. Mm. And why is it? Come on, let's be honest. What is it? Is it something in the water in Buckinghamshire and Kent? Is it a very special eco? What, what is it? Why? Yeah. Why in the whole of England, nothing in Wales, nothing in Scotland, why is it three counties in England have the 11 plus? It's bonkers. I mean, come on, it's bonkers. You go to any other in France and Spain, and it takes so much explain- to try and explain the English education system. I mean, they end up laughing at you hmm. or, or, or appalled or appalled hmm. that yeah. you test little 10-year-olds to get into a school. They can't believe you. They cannot believe it. Hmm. But three counties, I mean, I know there are other areas that have them, hmm. but it's ludicrous, isn't it? I mean, when you stand back, how potty is that? And as yeah. you so rightly say, they all work within their own bubble and have no idea that the rest of the world is carrying on happily. Nobody's died. Everybody's got educated and they yeah. didn't have a grammar school. Wow. Yeah. And guess what? Some of them got to Oxbridge as well. Yeah. I'm being ironic there, as you can tell. But you take my point that these things, 
comprehensives aren't a bar to anything. In fact, I know um, there's great work going on in Durham University. Possibly you've seen Gorard and Vicky Boller and people like that, but especially Gorard does all this work on, um, you know, it's nothing to do with the school. They like to think they do. Oh, this we're so good. You're absolute rubbish. It's the socioeconomic background of the families who can pay for the coaching to get those kids into grammar schools. It's yeah. not that those schools are better. They just happen to have certain families in the area who A, have got the money and the resources, and some of the kids are probably slightly higher attaining, and they pass the 11 plus. It's nothing to do with the school. There's no magic of grammar schools. It's a complete myth. But that's the joke, you know. But as I say, I like the fact that everywhere else in England is carrying on quite happily, and these three areas are absolutely obsessed with it. Yeah obsessed and you know it wouldn't be that difficult to phase out the 11 plus it wouldn't in northern ireland this year as i'm sure you know yeah 12 maybe more grammar schools have realized it would be so unfair to run the 11 plus this year so mm. unfair kids have not had they've had the most traumatic few months they haven't had continuous education there is no way you can expect a kid to arrive in the new school year and take an 11 plus yeah. just no way and even if you delay it to november what they're going to catch up in a few weeks forget it so they've wisely decided this year they're going to have comprehensive intakes yeah wow that easy yeah so the local kids comprehensive intake no 11 plus and you know what it's happening nobody died nothing it's happening so i'm thinking hang on a minute why can't we do that why can't we just try it for once? This has been an extraordinary year. Yeah. Everything's been cancelled. But the one thing we didn't cancel is the 11 plus. It's too dangerous. It's too unfair to run A-levels. Too dangerous, too unfair to run GCSEs. Far too dangerous, far too unfair to run GCSEs and SATs. But not the 11 plus. It mm. is that special. I'm being ironic, as you can tell. Yeah. What? It's it, it, in the end of the day, it's it's almost this thing towards if we run it on a comprehensive system and it works. Wow. No, goodness me, that would be terrible because that is the thing. And that's yeah. the same thing. If And as we were talking about that bubble, you know, that bubble at the moment has not been burst. There is still that feeling that outside of comp outside of the grammar school system, there is no system. There is no good system. Mm -hmm. So if they start to import that. Yeah. And that's that I think at the end of the day is the only reason I can find to still run the 11 plus test during an entire pandemic is yeah, the yeah. fact that literally they need to make sure that because if they run it in a comprehensive way, then parents will start going. So why do you need to start selecting students? Absolutely. Why do you need to do this? Yeah, and absolutely. that's the thing. And that's where in Northern Ireland now they're suddenly doing the transfer test is being cancelled and they're saying, yeah. OK, yeah. And that may well be the, the beginning of the end in Northern Ireland as people realise, yeah. oh, we don't need to do it that way. Yeah. We don't have to select. So why are we putting these people through a test? And this oh, is... yeah. Wouldn't, uh, the whole world would stop turning, as you know. Exactly. exactly. Would just, the whole world would collapse if we didn't have it. It's quite obvious. We couldn't possibly. But it's true, isn't it? Hmm. And I know that um, I know it hasn't been... People are still rumbling on about it, but I have family in the Channel Islands and in Guernsey, they cancelled the, they're not doing the 11 plus anymore. I, I don't know if you knew that they had an 11 plus in Guernsey yeah. and the grammar school and it's not happening anymore. I know they've not been entirely happy with the journey, shall we say, yeah. but it's been cancelled. Uh, it's actually been, shall we say, abolished. Mm. But I, I think, it, in fact, we had a webinar and uh, 
the guy, oh goodness, Kieran, I forget his surname, but he's part of the Catholic grammar schools who've decided not to run the 11 plus. And I, I was, he said, it's a moral decision, this. I thought, well, yeah. God, we never talk terms like that. Do we never talk about, this is a moral, it would be immoral to run the 11 plus. And I thought, well, right on, right on. It would be immoral. It is socially unjust to run the 11 plus this year. But I think you're right, Torren. Oh, goodness me, we might discover that comprehensives work. Now, that yeah. would be awful, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, and I won't be the only person. I, I can't be, you know, I'm not that, I'm certainly no star. Um, but I did a, a project when I researched GCSE results in um, Buckinghamshire and Hampshire. Mm. And it never, I keep telling people, nobody seems to care, but I was like, but this is important. More young people attained better and higher grades in yeah. Hampshire than in Buckinghamshire. Hampshire being non-selective, Buckinghamshire being selective. More young people got more GCSEs with higher grades in Hampshire. I cannot stress this enough. It is true that if we counted the number of A stars, Buckinghamshire pipped it but not so dramatically as to make all those grammar schools actually worth it. Yeah. More young people achieve better in Hampshire. Sorry, mm. but I'm thinking, so we really think a stars matter more than everyone's yeah. education? Because that's really, what sort of society are we? What sort of society are we, you know? And that's kind of what happens when you look at, the cost of that small, smalling, the cost of that is yeah. so big in terms yeah. of the yeah. fact, as we were talking earlier, you know, send kids talking about, you know, poorer kids talking about all of those different groups yeah. who don't get in, yeah. even slow academic developers, people who speak yes. more than one language, you know, people like me born in August, even like the, when I, so what we did, right. We, we sat down some university students and I, I decided to, to do it as well. Cause I thought, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. We sat them down and we said, okay, do the 11 plus test. Right. And it was one of those situations. Cause I was born in August and I thought, so firstly, I would have not have been ready at this point, right? Because whenever I used to do things in the past, everyone would be like, oh, but he's so behind, you know, does he have special needs? Does he have this? No, nope. <laughs> I was born in August. <laughs> that was that was yeah. the thing, right? So yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah. the idea that that yeah. test would then decide my future and the fact that the test itself has some amazing questions, a bit like, can you follow the pattern that's very obscure and no one understands or... Enough math que math questions that people who do maths degrees yeah. were not able to get oh, yeah. through it and pass. You know that kind of stuff where you have to be tutored in order to get through those questions. That's, that's what I cannot get. Sorry, I'm interrupting. It's my enthusiasm. You're absolutely right. I mean, for fun, when I did this research, I have Oxbridge-educated family. Mm. I have people, friends, and family doing PhDs. Okay, mm. we all did it. Yeah. My niece, who happens to be pretty high attaining and was preparing for the 11 plus to be fair without coaching but she'd looked at papers she got the highest mark she was mm. 10 she was 10 my brother her father was so so angry because he kind of rather rips himself <laughs> anyway i shouldn't be rude about my lovely brother but the fact is i thought she learned the skills mm. 
it's like those kind of, you know what, you know, once you get, um, when you were younger, maybe there were little riddles in crackers and you suddenly realize there was a method. If you knew the way that the riddle was being set, you'd know the answer, but you had to yeah. be in the mindset. No, and the other thing that gets me is your, the kids' curriculum in primary school bears no relation to the paper. Those verbal reasoning and non-verbal reasoning, they're mm. potty. They're mm. intriguing. I, yeah. I have to tell you, I sat and I looked and I, I was intrigued by them and I couldn't mm. get them all. And it was just like you have your mind is doing gymnastics trying to work out how you rotate this three dimensional figure and then guess which side the sun was shining on a yeah. Tuesday and whatever it was. <laughs> I thought, what is this? Unbelievable, hmm. unbelievable stuff, specially trained. And that's the coaching you pay for, of course, because hmm. if you know how to do that sort of thinking in the past, and that's what's so wrong. That's what's so wrong. The one thing that um, my girlfriend said to me a while ago about what one thing that I would love to test would be to go to some students who passed the 11 plus who got into grammar school to go and test them on the 11 plus just after a level results or GCSE results, depending on where that, yeah. how far that grammar school goes, Absolutely. because yeah. I would love to do that yeah. Yeah. for the yeah. simple reason that they were tutored so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, and then they just had that long space where they didn't do anything. Yeah. And that would, I think really show just how much of a test yeah. it is tutored it is the, the idea that they are bringing out was it tutor proof tests oh you know, yeah well, this, they had to this idea cem cem calling out a boo for cem but they had to drop it that claim because it yeah. wasn't tutor proof it wasn't yeah. tutor proof it's a nonsense you you can't that's the thing unless there just isn't a way to have a test that is tutor proof it mm. just doesn't happen and i i think that's that's kind of where it, it ends up with it is that mm. Unfortunately, the 11 plus test is so much of something. You know, there are kids who get in who do fantastically well and don't need children. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, for the most part, you look at the figures in terms of people who went to private schools, people who went to, yeah. you know, got tutored. Prep schools. They go to prep yeah. schools. Exactly. And they get free education. At a, that, now that, you want to get me on another hobby horse? Mm. We are, those are publicly funded elite schools and that I really object to. Mm. I really object to that. I know people feel we should be banning and getting rid of private schools. Quite frankly, for me, that's lower down the list. We yeah. should not be having selective schools which are publicly funded. We all pay taxes for those schools and only yeah. a tiny, tiny minority get into them. That's wrong. That is mm. so, so wrong. Can you imagine having paid for my taxes for the NHS that only certain people were allowed to get x-rays? You know, yeah. I'm just giving you an example, a random yeah. thing about something we all pay for. We all pay into the NHS, but only some people were allowed access to hospital, maybe. Yeah. Because, you know, you pass that certain criteria or that test. I mean, it's an outrage. That mm. is absolutely wrong. And that's another really good reason why I think grammar schools should be phased out. They're wrong. They're intrinsically wrong because they are mm. publicly funded and they're used Quite frankly, they're dominated by middle class people or should we say more affluent people? They are. They are dominated. I know someone's going to come. Oh, I'm a working class person. You got in. Great for you, honey. Mm. But I'm telling you, they are dominated by the middle classes. Mm. And if they feel that strongly about their elitist education, well, I'm one of the people who says, do you know what? Just pay for it then. Just leave me alone because I think. We should have a publicly funded education open to everybody. And actually, in time, yes, I would phase out private schools too, but they're not top of the list. 
our publicly funded education is my priority first. Yeah, no, I, sorry, you got me off on one there. No, that's okay. I mean, to be fair, that's very much the discussion we actually had in centre when drawing up policies was that actually our top priority was let's get rid of the 11 plus because as much as, you know, we would want to do things to, to yeah. private schools, we may not even go as close as abolishing them, probably just ensure they pay tax, for instance. Yeah, but, I, I would no, be with you on that. I would be with you on that. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. But they are so far down that list because, yeah. you know, yeah. On the one hand, you've got a, a grammar school which is using government money, which comes Thank from you. all of taxpayers. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got people yeah. who are using their own money. And, yeah. you know, the idea that, and especially even for, for the Labour Party, where it seems to be that private schools are further up that ladder than, than grammar schools. And that seems to be the, the thing constantly is that if you start a, a conversation, it seems to turn on to Eton, private schools, and everything else in between. But grammar schools just don't seem to get that look in unless you are talking to someone specifically from a grammar school area because they are they are fighting, you know, inequality, but they are doing it in a way that is specifically trying to focus towards private schools because they are the big enemy rather than the one that is literally using taxpayers' money yeah. to fund education for people who, majority of them, were either tutored or went to private school. Uh, absolutely. It was the one policy, I have to confess, where I, I just didn't see eye to eye on Labour policy on that one. I'm not saying it's not a great idea, but my God. And I know from my own campaigning, I, I am out on the doorstep and I am a school cuts campaigner. I was. I know what matters to parents. And I can tell you, private schools were nothing. Getting their schools funded and in selective areas, schools that were losing out because all the resources went to their local grammar school that's what mattered i couldn't believe. Yeah. anyway let's not get on to that one because you know it's done and dusted now but i have to say that i do think that there's something very wrong in having an elite school system within a publicly funded education system that is wrong it's just wrong yeah i do think so and, and certain people benefit from it and only certain people who can afford it are benefiting from it because whatever you say and quite rightly prep school kids will then go into grammar schools or you pay for coaching. So either way, it's going to be parents, except for a very, very few. I know there will be the exception. I can hear people, oh, there's this exception. There's that. I understand, but exceptions do not make the rule. Yeah. The majority are from affluent parents, you know, and that's what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would be phasing them out. I'm absolutely hands up. I do think there are ways of doing it. I think there are ways of keeping the wonderful resources, the teaching, the expertise, and, you know, you reserve it for perhaps a sixth form model, something like that. You, you don't have to lose them. You don't have to lose the expertise that they've got. I'm not saying they're bad schools. I just think, and then we give everyone a broader, comprehensive, inclusive education. Yeah. For that part that's really formative for them. And post-16, we could decide, perhaps you and I, when we rule the world, Torrin, you can and I can decide, will we do comprehensive sixth forms or will we have specialist sixth forms? We can decide that on another day. But I, I, <laughs> well, I'd be delighted to. I love all that. Sixth form actually is my research area at King, so of course. But I, I do constantly worry about that. But certainly from 11 to 16, they should be all together. Yeah. You also make better choices, I think, at A level, you know. 
yeah. or what your post-16 will be. It doesn't have to be A-level, of course, but your post-16 choices are going to be so much better if you've had a great, you know, a mix of experiences and and meetings with people and you know you've just been open to all those different things you can do in life I, I think that's so important I just think your post-16 choices would just be better informed better informed to be honest you know mm. have you ever taught yourself I haven't I would have loved to have but <laughs> I'm far too much into politics unfortunately um but what I'm going to do right now, because we're coming to the end, is I'm going yeah, to ask yeah, you yeah. one final question. Cool. And it's going to be, what is the one killer argument you would use against grammar schools? So if you had to choose just one single argument, what would it be? It privileges more affluent families. It's a, it's a publicly funded system which can be gamed by the middle classes. I know that's not a very neat, it's not a soundbite, but essentially when you've got publicly funded education, yeah. the wrong, intrinsic wrong is that one group, the affluent, the middle class, can game it and win at it. And that's just wrong when it should be open to everybody. A public education system is for everybody. It shouldn't be reserved for a tiny elite. So it's not a killer argument because it's too long and you want a nice juicy soundbite. That's honestly what I feel. I feel passionately about that. Mm. The wrong in that, you know, that one section of our society benefits from this system. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Well, I totally agree with that. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, and it has been great to have you. Oh, it's been fun. We should do it's it again. It's been great fun. I would love no, to do it again. <laughs>